Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 153. England take on Argentina in the third of their Pool C matches. And a win guarantees a quarter-final spot, but the boys are looking for another five points. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. This is it. The, uh, the tests really pick up now, and, uh, and England with a chance to qualify today. Uh, I'm joined by Dan to discuss this. Hey, mate. Hello, mate. How are we doing? This is a, this is a big one. If we... We just need to win to qualify, don't we? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't need to be bonus point or anything. Any extras, any any losing bonus points for them make no difference. If England win the game and get their four points, fourteen <laughs> guarantees them qualification. Not not in the top spot necessarily, but it guarantees them qualification. Groovy. Uh, so yeah, um, big big. A yeah, lot of big, talk. A lot of talk in this one about. Um, well, lots of people kind of saying England are under huge amounts of pressure with this game and you know, they're saying it's Argentina probably can't win but England can lose I don't know if that's necessarily the... what does that even mean <laughs> I mean it's just such a I, such a shit comment I know it? well it's it's one of those isn't it like oh yeah but England could lose I mean that 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 applies to literally anybody at any at any game at any time and any team you know of, of course England could lose they're not gonna um, I, yeah. I think you know, England England have have approached this the way that you'd want them to, uh, getting better and better with each game. They're playing a squad that's barring Joe Cock and Seagull on the wing in with Anthony Watson in his place, identical to the squad that took Ireland apart in the warm ups. Um, okay. Argentina have not looked very very strong. Um, you know, admittedly, they they were probably unlucky against France, and they they probably deserved to win that. Well, they definitely deserved to win that game because uh, there, there was a, a, a crazy offside in that uh, in that final in those final moments for that interception try. But you know, they just they've not looked particularly dominant side. The records are with England. I mean, what what are your thoughts? How are you feeling about this game? Are, are you yeah. confident still? Oh, I am. I, I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely confident. This is, this is our first real test. Uh, we, we were never going to lose the first two. This is our first real test, but I think we're in a great position. Um, it, I, I think we, I think we need to, we, we need to be sort of careful not to sort of overexpect because a win's a win. There is pressure because this can guarantee us a place in the quarterfinal. And after 2015, we need to get that qualification done. So. If it's not pretty, I don't care. I personally think I think our power game's going to be too much for Argentina. Yeah, I mean, look, talking about this this game in particular, looking at Argentina as opposition, um, you know, it's been uh, kind of it's, it's widely accepted, I suppose, that you know Argentina try to be you know front up, you know, they try to be big in the pack. That's you know, the scrummaging, the rucks, the malls. That's the areas of the game where they're going to really try to. Well, assert some any, you know, any kind of authority yeah. in this game. But I think England are, are one of the best in the world in that right now. I, I agree. And actually, I would say now, as it stands, I, I think Argentina are probably more dangerous out wide in the back. And what we've got to bear in mind for Argentina is they're basically, it's basically the Haguares. I know there's a couple of changes. Like at 10, I know they've made a change at 10. Um, but they are... 
they do play together. They are a good team. They've they 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 can score tries and they can take teams on. But I just I mean the Argentina team's on the screen on the screen now. Man for man, I believe we are a lot better team, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and I would be very surprised if we lost. Um, I would go so far as to say England can't, uh, you, you know, Argentina can't win, but England can lose it. That's, that's, go, that's, that's my take. You'd go that far, would you? <laughs> yeah, that, um, that's my take. I, look, I, I think look, let's put things in perspective. I mean, yes, Argentina beat Tonga, and and I think in the end, you know, you look at the scoreline and it and it appears reasonably convincing, but. They were nilled in the second half, and of the four tries, because they got the bonus point, I think, um, of the four tries that they managed to get in the first half, three of them were were literally gift wrapped. You know, just just shocking moments from Tonga, just to you know saying, "Here you go, have a free run in," which which you're going to do against any side in the world. So, you know, I I think the result in that game massively overshadowed how badly they played against Tonga. Um, they lost against France, obviously, prior to that, um, admittedly in a, close, a much closer match. Uh, they, the records are against them. Um, they, you know, they've not looked the side that they were even, even in 2015. Uh, you know, they just, they've not had a good four years. Um, so you know, this for them is... They've said it themselves. This is their World Cup final. I mean, I think any team that's describing a pool stage game as their World Cup final clearly doesn't have huge ambitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's, that's a good point. I mean, I mean that, that does seem... Does that speak to the, to the mindset of these guys? You know, do, are, they, are, they, are they already mentally beaten? Because you, you, I, mean, wow, I, I get what, I, I get what they're saying. Like it's a big game for them and, and you know, it's, it's essentially knockout because if they lose without any bonus points, they're probably going home. So it's obviously a huge game for them, but surely they're backing themselves to press on if they manage to qualify. And so, yeah, to, to for them to describe this as their World Cup final, it feels a little bit like you know you've. Well, I I've, I think I think I think I see what you mean, but there's also just to sort of counter that there there is also the case of they have to win England. Uh, no, Worst case scenario, but can afford to lose, as in that doesn't eliminate them. Argentina have to win, so they might be coming in just that bit more. But yeah, it's, you know, it's knockout, work it's, it's way, knockout rugby for them. There's no yeah. question about that. Uh, Creevy has described it as it's going to be a, 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 an all-out war. I'm not sure I'm not I necessarily agree that, with yeah. that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, oh, well, let, let, but let, we're going to turn to the team because that's one of the main things we yes, want to talk about. But yes, before we yes. do, actually, we've had another uh, another review, so let's get that uh, let's get that shared. Um, oh, it's cool. from Amal Catering. Again, I think this is one we have heard from before. Someone we've heard from before. Uh, it's Andy, in fact, from Newcastle. We have heard from him before. He says, "Keep them pods coming. Five stars. Still loving the pods. Hopefully, the next series will be called the pod that was right and England won the World Cup. Now for the Six Nations. <laughs> they will be. Uh, go on, lads. You know you want to keep us rose-tinted fans happy and cover the Six Nations. Uh, I'd like to take this opportunity, pre-quarterfinal qualification, to thank both of you or three when the dog barks in the background." For your optimism and excitement regarding us winning the Webb Ellis Trophy on the 2nd of November, it's great to hear. Come on, England, and come on, future pods after the tournament. Andy from Newcastle. Wow, what a, what a nice what a nice review. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, that, that's that's good news, and he's and he's right. We we are come the 2nd of November. We are going to be lifting that William Webb Ellis. Um, no, I like that one. 
Yeah, I, right. It, it's it, I, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, thank you so much for your comments, guys. Uh, if like Andy from Newcastle, you want to let us know, you don't have to let, let us know quite so, so give us quite such a glowing reference if you don't want to. But if you want to get in touch, uh, if you want to ask us questions, um, if you want to share any stories with us, or if you just want to drop us a review, um, obviously head over to iTunes or you can reach us at England Rugby Pod. Uh, on social media or englandrugbypod at gmail.com if you want to ping us an email we'd, uh, we'd love to hear from you guys anyway yes. to the main event Dan uh, what here you, we are you know, as, as I said at the beginning the team is pretty much the team that, that decimated Ireland um, looking at the way Ireland have been playing recently that doesn't necessarily mean that much um, but what, what are your thoughts are you, are you happy with this side is this is this I've just had a message from Billy to say, have you ever heard so many pundits and people in rugby refer to this as a gun 15? Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, is, in your opinion, is is this a gun 15? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, this, is, this, is this is a gun 15. Sorry, Billy. Um, the, so I was thinking about that team. I was going through it. And it was actually from our last pod, the question. And um, sorry, mate, I, I can't remember your name. When the, the fella asked um, about who would pick from the 2003 yep. team. And I mentioned Richard Hill. The only player who I think is unlucky at the moment is um, Wilson. I, I, I think Wilson Wilson's unlucky. Actually, not to be in the 15. Not, I probably would have gone Curry Underhill anyway, but I think he was definitely in that chat. And I think he's unlucky not to be on the bench. But equally, I, I'm not sure that Eddie's... Eddie's saying this is his 23. I think Eddie's saying this is my current first 15. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think the big, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a note that I've made um, to talk about, the concern, if you like, it's probably the wrong word, because, you know, no disrespect to Lewis Ludlam, he's looked really strong in this World Cup and he's there on the bench, but we do not have cover for Billy. Wilson is our yes. kind of backup eight uh, in the event that he's needed at eight, but we know that his you know preferred position is six. In the event yep. that Billy is, is you know, has to come off, you've either got to have Curry, Underhill, Ludlam, or possibly a Cruz or an Atoje um, coming on at eight. What what's your take? I and mean, what what do we do then? What how do you, how do you shuffle things around in your opinion? Uh, if, if if Billy has to come off, okay, that, that's a, that's a good chat. If Billy has to come off. You put, yeah. I, I think. I think. Or laws. I think. I think. Yeah. I, I don't see laws as an eight. I. I think you stick as a back three as Curry Underhill Ludlam. Ludlam eight. Who packs down that eight? I, they will have done this in training. I would imagine it probably would be Ludlam packing down that eight. And but what you've got to bear in mind, what what I say, if Billy goes off. What I would imagine you'd see is changes up front. So, Billy, where, where you're going to miss is that massive ball carrying. I think if Billy goes off, Mako comes on fairly quickly. And yeah. so you've got you've got the back row. Yes, you've lost Billy, which is huge. But then you you put the, the you know the pressure of Billy's carrying up front. So you put the likes of a Mako because you've still got some pretty useful ball carriers. Would, in I mean, that. would you potentially put Laws into the row and perhaps put Cruz at the back? I, I wouldn't put him at eight. I, I'd be, I'm arguably a Toje, but I think I think I'd bring on. I think if Billy's off, I'd want Ludlam. I want for me at international level. You need the back three have to be specialists. 
which is why it's perhaps a slight concern that Wilson is not there. Or not, not so much a concern, but, but perhaps in terms of referring to this as the gun 15, um, I, I think, you know, you're jumping the gun a little bit because Mako, I would imagine, would be in the first 15. Um, there's yeah, question, I mean... There's a question about Jack Knoll. You know, hopefully we're going to see his magic uh, as we have done for some time now when he does come off the bench. And if we do, it's more headaches for Eddie Jones, but of the of the good variety. Um, but he's another one that you've got to think seriously about. I, I, I feel like Jack Nell's probably going to be a replacement, even if he's first choice, just because of how much flexibility he offers. Um, but it's hard, hard to tell, and because he's been out for some time now, it's you kind of you get comfortable, don't you, with the the guys that you that you're seeing week in week out. I mean, look what happened with JJ. We kind of written him off because we hadn't seen him in, in a while, and he came back and was just awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, we've, and we, Watson we've got as well. a lot. Yes, yeah. Watson, Watson, to me, I'm going to go so far as to say he's looking our best player. I mean, he's, he, yeah. He, but, but I think... Well, I, think, I mean, I mean to, to a laggy, it doesn't look sh- sh- Yeah, shoddy, no, no, and but, I think JJ, you can't, you can't... I mean, he's obviously not involved in the 23 today, but... You know, how much ground has he made? I mean, I'd love to see the stats. I have tried looking up, you know, to see if there's any kind of comprehensive stats for this World Cup yet, and I haven't found any. So, guys, if you're listening, if you know of a resource for, you know, the detailed stats, the Rugby World Cup website has a few kind of individual, you know, who scored the most tries, who's got the most points, and those sorts of things. But I'm talking about, you know, defenders beaten, yards made, that kind of stuff. If you know where any of that kind of information is available at the moment, let us know because I'd uh, be really keen to see how various players have been getting on and how the teams generally are stacking up. But um, I think JJ has has you know looked really dangerous as well. So it's going to be. I think picking the twenty three for knockouts is going to be tough. You know, we are as you said at the beginning, we are still in that phase of yes, we want to treat every game as a knockout. Yes, we want to win every game because that's ultimately the, the way you win a World Cup. But we are still in that stage of, you know, it's not the end of our World Cup if if we were to lose here, um, which gives that little bit of flexibility to be able to do things that perhaps are taking bigger chances, like not having an out and out eight um, on the bench as cover for Billy. Yeah, it's so. So let me ask. Other than that, is there any player in this twenty three who your concerns may be the wrong? Wrong answer, but is there, is there any player in that twenty three who you, yeah, concerned about? Is there is there anyone at um, all that, not, that concerns not, you? No, no one concerns me. Uh, I'm still, I'm still have a little question mark over Elliot Daly at fifteen. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, it, it th- that's the that's the way we're going. I just want to see a bit more passion from him. I felt like it just, I felt like it was a bit lacking in the last game, and maybe that's being unfair. Um. I think Watson's just so dominant, you know, both with ball in hand, you know, and in the counter-attack. You know, Elliot Daly is supposed to be this counter-attacking kind of danger man. And he kicked away 99% of his possession in, the, in the, you know, in certainly in the last game. And I've completely made up that percentage. I'm sure it's not 99% at all. But, you know, he, he just, I don't know, it just it felt like, in, in especially in a game like, the, you know, like USA, like Tonga, you know where the opportunity presents itself to put a bit of pressure on it and to, to counter attack. That's what you want to see from an Elliot Daly. 
Uh, and there just doesn't, you know, I haven't seen that from him for some time. Whereas Watson seems to do it every time he touches the ball. Um, so, yeah, that I, that would be the only question mark. But I get it. You know, Eddie's made a commitment. Um, so I'm not, I'm not uh, horrified by it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, only... I must admit, I didn't see, I didn't see that side. I, I, I mean, you've mentioned that a couple of times. I didn't see that. I don't think Elliot Daly's having his bad game. Um, yeah, let, let's hope. Let's hope he he really fires him on Sunday's day because if he does, he is dangerous as hell. Mm. We talked about the Ireland game and we talked about what the the fifteen looked like compared to the fifteen that took Ireland on. The only the only difference, as I mentioned, Joe Cock and Seager's not there. I would have probably liked to have had him on the bench, and I know that we want to see Jack Knowles, so I get why he's not there. But I just think that you know we haven't since that game we haven't had. Uh, Manu at 13 with Cock and Seager outside him. And I just think that Ireland game, the thing that really struck me watching that game was that when you had the two of them on the same side and the ball went wide, you felt like there was going to be a gap because people double, you know, that you get double man marking on both of them. And that's not possible out wide if you can move the ball quickly. Um, so it would have been interesting to have that option. Um, but that's not the route the route that we've gone down. So we'll we'll you know we'll see what happens. But um, I it, and I and I think Jack Knowles is a better player. So yeah, I'm not overly concerned by it at all. Um, that's the only thing I get. Yeah. So so I'm pretty happy with the side generally speaking. Good, good. I I think we're going. So let's um. I mean, we've gone through sides and things. We're quite keen to be watching the program. So let's get to uh. Let's Just, get to some. We, oh, sorry. No, on. no, I was just... So the only other thing I wanted to talk about was... Um, well, two things. But firstly, uh, Eddie Jones tried to talk to Nigel Owens. In, in the Six Nations, it's encouraged that the coaches should speak with the referees ahead of the games. You know, just to, just to kind of get a bit of a briefing, make sure that everyone's on the same page in order to try and help the games flow. For the World Cup, that's been disallowed. That's not... That, that, so even though Eddie Jones did try and reach out to him, he was kind of denied. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, the media makes a huge song and dance about it. They make out that Eddie Jones is trying to be sneaky and influence the referee. Yeah, of course they do. I, but actually, surely it's smart. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With I the referees all being so very different. And this is this is not about referees making poor decisions. This is simply about, you know, there are new, little nuances between the referees. And you do need to understand the differences so that you can play their style of rugby. Um, should it not... Be, absolutely, be the case that the coaches should get a briefing from the ref. I, uh, I, well, rugby seems to have screwed up this ref situation quite a lot, don't they? Come on, clowns, sort it out. It, it just seems, yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I think they should be allowed to chat. I, I think what I believe, if Eddie Jones is getting a audience with a referee, obviously it would have been the same. But the Argentinian coach must be the Argentinians must be made aware and said do you want the same time? And if they do, of course they're allowed it. If they don't, so be it. That's their call. But yeah, I don't see any, I don't see any harm in it, but equally, if they're not allowed, they're not allowed. It's not the end of the world. I I don't think it's, I think before the match, Nigel Owens will let them know exactly what he's looking for. Well, say Nigel Owens is a brilliant ref. Um, I'm not, it's not something that overly concerns me. I'll reserve judgment until we see how we get. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to sit on the fence. If he has a shit game, I'll be like, I told you, Eddie, you should have had a chat with him. Um, uh, fair enough. All right. Well, look, uh, 
we've got into the habit of doing this at half time mainly because we've forgotten to do it at the beginning and it's a big call when when it's a potential qualifier but dan predictions predictions so i am going i i actually think the match is going to be a bit sort of tight when we say i'm going to go england 25 17 Okay, interesting. I'm going England by 20. Oh, wow. Bonus point win, Argentina going home. But I think it will be close at half time. Okay, okay. Um, that's... But in terms of the actual score itself, not sure. I mean, I, 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 bonus point win, so I'm expecting England to get four tries. I think kicking will be on point. So you're looking, you're looking probably 30. 34. Okay, what? 34, 14. That would be 20 point, wouldn't it? That would be 20 point, yeah. It's not my first time doing math. It's not your first time. <laughs> I, um, I remember my first calculation. Yeah, um, well done. So, yeah, there you go. We've worked, we've worked it out. 34, 14, and you're saying 25, 17. I think so, yeah. I'm going to make a note. We'll see how close we are. Yeah. Well, I don't mean we've ever been close with any result ever, but well, you know. It's the first time for everything. It's a bold call. It's a bold call. I could come, well, I hope I don't come to regret making a prediction. Um, but I just feel like England have just got better and better. And I feel like Argentina have been a bit stagnant. And, you know, obviously anything can happen. They've got quality. They've got a quality 23. Is it good enough? We shall see. Uh, so, guys, yeah, as Dan said, let's crack on and um, and and catch up on the on the latest uh, build up, and we will leave you guys with the anthem and be back at half time. Half time, Dan. Um, what What are your thoughts? I mean, it's it's a good first half from England. Uh, firstly, talk to me about that clown we got playing at fullback, Elliot Daly. I mean, he's been awful, hasn't he? I mean, uh, clown is your word, but um, <laughs> Mate, he's awesome. I've said all along he's awesome, and he's had a great first half. Yeah, no, abs- fair play. I mean, he's stepped up this game. He's looked far more uh, the player that we that we. We're no, hoping to see that we're expecting to see. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm. I said. I think I said beforehand. You know, he was a question mark, not a concern. Um, but yeah, the question mark has has been swapped uh, for a uh, firm full stop. Uh, he's, he's looking good. Um, he's making the right decisions and he's counter attacking. You know, this is what I said before. We wanted to see more of the counter attack. There's been a few occasions in, in this, that first half where he could easily have just simply kicked the ball away. And he kind of looked as if he was con- contemplating it, and then he changed his mind and, and ran, and you know, makes gives England an extra twenty yards, retains possession, brilliant. Um, so yeah, really happy with how that's going. Um, um, go on. Sorry, yeah, I was, I was, I was going to say sorry, we're jumping to it because obviously half time short, but there's a lot to talk about. How concerned are we? Let, let, let's go for 
the only negative I'd say of the half so far. How concerned are we about the nine points we've left out there? The nine points from missed kicks. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't afford to be doing that in, in you know, World Cup knockouts. Well, anywhere in a World Cup. I mean, you know, the fact that we're down, they're down to 14 men and we'll come on to that in a moment. But um, that's that's huge. You know, 24-3 is a very different scoreline to 15-3. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's significant and... And we've seriously got to be thinking, Owen Farrell's seriously got to be thinking about turning to George Ford and saying, you need to take over, mate, because it's not that Owen Farrell's a bad kick. You know, he's, he's, bad he's having a bad day. He's, he's having, having a bad, bad day. day. And sometimes you just got to go, do you know what? We, we can't, you know, this isn't, this isn't a testing ground. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Ford has been brilliant with the boot. Um, so I think, yeah, you have to, you have to turn to Ford and say, something's not clicking for me today. You You take on the, the kicking duties, um, because yeah, we can't afford to do that again in the second half. Uh, going, turning to that that for you know the, the red card. Uh, one, you know, it's it was a it was a clear red in my opinion. Yes, I'm it, sure there it, were people. It, it, it's a it's but. a red card. I don't think there was any malice in it. I um, actually got his positioning wrong, and but but that's what the laws are there for. And yeah, it was it's the second time for Farrell's taken a pretty brutal hit. Um, it's hard as nails. I was going to say, fair play for just shaking that off and carrying on. Because yeah. uh, when they showed the replay, you know, I winced. Yeah, he's 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 a tough lad, Owen Farrell. It's a red card. If if I'm completely honest, like a hundred percent red card, not arguing that. I, I was a little disappointed. I I wanted, I I didn't want there to be a red card. I didn't want the Argentinian player to get sent off, but it was the right call, and I you can't really argue with that, can you? No, I think exactly that exactly that point. You know. The look on the yeah the Argentine captain is um, is making it quite clear that he's not happy with any decision apparently. Yeah. But even that one, uh, he and um, you know Mario Ledesma up in the uh, up in the stadium, you could see from the reaction that they both had. They knew. Um, yeah, of course. It, it was clear cut. This isn't one that that is going to be debated. Of should it? Shouldn't it? The right call was made, and unfortunately, like you say, it wasn't malicious. Um. But that's what they're trying to stamp out of rugby, and, and rightly so. So, um, you know, it's unfortunate for Argentina. This is such an important game for them. Um, it's, you know, it's good for England because it didn't result in any kind of injuries. And we, we have the, the the advantage. And I think, you know, anyone who's looking at this, and okay, they've, they've stepped it up now, three tries in. Uh, but anyone who's looking at this and thinking it's far too close, it's, 14, it's 15 against 14, England should be winning by more. England have a game plan. And it's quite clear to me that, you know, it's control the game, it's control possession, it's push Argentina back into their own half as often as possible. The tries, the, the, tries, the points, they're going to come. Uh, and actually, it's already starting to show. You know, I think, I think their game plan was for 15 men because of the 14 man, the, the, one, the, yeah, the man advantage. It's kind yeah. of, the, it's stepped up in terms of the timing um, and we're starting to see them open up now. But um, I always expected England to open things up in the second half. They've just managed to start doing it in the last 10 minutes of the first half instead. Um, so, yeah, I think this is going to end up being a comfortable win for England. We've obviously made the mistake of saying that once before. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to jump the gun here because we have had, uh, we have had these uh, scenarios before, but, but, England are in control I, of the game. England you know, are very much in control. There's still a few mistakes for sure. Um, but you know nothing that they they don't appear to have fixed already uh, in terms of little handling errors and stuff. The kicking is a you know is is a concern because you can't be leaving nine points on the field. So they, I think 
it'll be very interesting to see who takes the first kick in the second half. I think if it's under the post, give it to Owen Farrell. Just let him get that uh, that uh, duck off his back, or whatever the the phrase is. Uh, I I think I think just say to Owen Farrell, hey, look, you know, you're doing well out there. It's not your kicking day today. Give it to George Ford and just completely take that away from, take that pressure off him. Um, being like, in fairness, Owen, most people wouldn't even be able to see the ball after the collisions to the head you've had over the last couple of weeks. So, you, you know, don't worry about it. But I have to say, I'm getting a lot of abuse uh, on Twitter. It, it was tongue in cheek when I posted it, but um, the, the red card incident, um, Nigel Owens initially said, fair play, play on. Yeah, no foul play. I think that was great refereeing overall. Nigel Owens didn't think there was foul, foul play, but TMO saw there was. He went back to Nigel Owens, like, fair enough, we'll check it out. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what it's for. I, I why, think, what, what I think it, say? well, so I think in those yeah. situations, I think pick your battles, Nigel. I don't think that is the prime, the prime candidate situation for taking Owen Farrell to one side and telling him he doesn't need England, telling him what to look at. You know, when you get one that wrong, you know, you say play on, turns out it was a red card. Um, I think there are other incidents where he could have turned around to Owen Farrell and said, I don't need to hear from from the England team about decisions because, you know, we've seen a lot, you know, rightly so. The guys are like, what, what's going on? Why are we playing on? Um, but uh, yeah, tongue in cheek, I posted saying, turns out maybe he does need the England team to tell him anyway. The, the whole of Wales appears to have decided to, uh, to pitch in on that well, one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, I mean, the, uh, the irony, but um, it, it's a shame about Wales, but I, I think, I think, I think you're right. You do deserve the abuse. Okay, good, good. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Uh, <laughs> Well, there's probably not a lot more that we really need to digest in this first half yet. You know, it, it's it's not perfect, um, but then how often how often is it? Um, you know, England doing what they need to do. They're building the score. Uh, they're in control of the game. They just need to do the same in the second half. You know, the 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 Argentines they're they're starting to tire, um, and I think it's only going to become more difficult for them with that man down. Um, England just got to keep that pressure on, um, and I think they're going to come away with a strong win. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Um, but my, like I say, my only level concern at the moment is the kicking. I'm sure that'll be rectified. Um, I hope this is actually a great, great like training, not training ground, but learning ground for the England team. We have had big leads before, but we're thrown away. Now is the time to show that 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 has changed, that that is no longer something England can do. And I think that'll give them huge confidence if they come away, get a good win now against a good team, I think that'll give them huge confidence moving into the knockout stages and beyond, well, not and beyond, like, and to becoming world champions. Um, the only other thing I'll say, two things about the Argentinian side, their chop tackling has been absolutely brilliant. I think they've nullified a lot of the, like, Billy Risk and our heavy carriers up front. And their kit, I love their kit. Really? Yeah, I think it looks really nice. Thanks for that. Yeah, that was all. <laughs> Fortunately, I can edit that out. <laughs> well, please don't. <laughs> um, yeah, let, let's let's crack on. Let's see if there's any uh, if we can catch any of the last last of the kind of the halftime chatter. Um, but let's look forward to this second half. Hopefully, we're coming back equally as energetic at full time whistle. Um, I would like to see at least another three tries in the second half. I think if we can do if they can score three tries in the first half, they should definitely be able to repeat that in the second, if not more. Um, and I'm expecting a strong, comfortable victory. What do you what do you think? I, I, yeah, I'm expecting I'm expecting a, a positive victory. I'm expecting changes. I'd like to see a few changes, um, and I think we'll. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, I think 
that England will take this game to control it. I'm not saying they will absolutely go on to rout them, but I think they'll control it and come away with a, a good win. Good. Right, well, we will be back in just a moment, guys, and uh, we'll see how things pan out. And there it is, Dan. Uh, England have qualified for the knockout stages. We've made the quarterfinals. That is guaranteed. Obviously, one game left to go uh, to secure top spot, um, assuming that's what we're going for. Um, But another bonus point win, 15 points from three games. Not a bad start to the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Well, it's it's an awesome start. It's absolutely brilliant. In some ways, that was a bit of an anticlimax because despite... uh, previous slip-ups we did it it felt at half time as if we'd won it i i thought we'd have to fight harder for that for that quarterfinal spot and fair enough there was a lot of um you know there was a lot of stuff going on with the red card and things which did change the dynamics a bit but great great result do you know there were a few things that i really enjoyed out of that in the second half enjoyed more i love the fact that we got to see mako and jack Noll back jack Noll scoring a great try um give them some game time. But I think the thing that I really enjoyed was the fact that when there was a danger at one point where we were going to let Argentina back into it, I don't mean there was a danger we were going to let them come back to sort of win. But when that looked like that was happening, England then, you know, took note, went down, went up the other end and scored a try. So there wasn't any of that slip up where we just give away a huge lead. And to me, that was huge. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, we we said it at half time, you know, England controlled that game, um, and they said it in in sort of post match commentary. You know, it, there's there is always that danger that when you try when you are looking to control a game like that, um, you can kind of get a little bit lost in trying too hard not to try too hard. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think you know if things had been a little different, if they'd kept the 50, if it stayed more competitive at fifteen men aside, I think England actually would have had probably. Probably better control of the game. Um, I, you know, George Ford put it quite nicely. He said, you know, when when they were a man down, there's a bit more space in the field and you get seduced by that space. And actually, you know, it's important to be able to to fix that. But, you know, they did. And um, look, bottom line is England needed to win the game, first and foremost, and ideally with a bonus point, which they had at 60 oh. minutes. That's a great 50, result against Argentina. Yeah. I mean, if at the start of a game, someone said it's going to, what was it, 30, whatever, 39-10 or whatever it was. 39-10 was the result. I mean, if someone at the beginning of the game had said, you know, 34-14, for example, they'd have been pretty close. I mean, they'd have been wrong. They'd so. have been wrong. They'd have been wrong for sure, but they'd have been pretty close. Whereas if someone had said, I don't know, 25-17, for example, they'd have been way out. Uh, I, th- I think you're either right or you're wrong. I, I, <laughs> I that, don't think there's any middle ground. That how it works? Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but it was, do, do you know what? That that was a great result. We'll take that. And yeah, at the end, as I said, England, they maybe a bit lackluster last 20. But why would you go full out last 20? Um, no, for you, sure. you know, when there was a danger, like I say, when there was a danger of Argentina coming back into it, England just sort of like, nope, we're not going to allow that to happen. And great. Dan, let me ask you. So, I mean, you know, we're obviously biased 
openly anyway, but um, you know, as England fans, you, you're always going to be a little bit biased towards a positive result. Uh, there's a lot of people, you know, I won't, I don't need to name the countries, but it's probably obvious, you know, who are screaming that Nigel Owens Wales. ruined that game and and oh, refed it poorly Wales. and um, you know didn't give out cards to England that they where they deserved them. Did you, did you feel that there were incidents in which England were lucky to get away without cards? I personally, I didn't. No, I didn't at all. I thought I thought Nigel Owens was brilliant. I really did. I thought he refed thought, it well. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant. Um, but, well, I'm trying to think of any incident where I think I think England were lucky. No, I don't so think so. I guess you've got the Manu Tulangi tackle in the air, although you know he was in the air by about an inch. Um, so I think Nigel Owens rightly said penalty, but no more. Um, you've yep. got the Courtney Law's late hit, but. When you when you watch the replay of that, you know he he kind of he jumped across the guy. He did pull out, and actually, it, it looked more like he kind of brushed against him. And I can't remember which Argentine player it was, but it, I felt they made a bit of a meal of it. They got their penalty. A bit of a meal? Are you, are you kidding me? I've I've seen I've seen <laughs> worse performances on the West End. It it was it was a meal. But do you know what? I thought Nigel Jones. I think he was. I don't think. He, I felt he was completely fair to both teams. And the problem is, once it's a red card, yeah. everyone always thinks biased. But there was absolutely no choice. I mean, in, in Nigel Owens' was... defence, he tried to let it go. Yeah, yeah. He called play on fair tackle. So, you know, he did he did his best to let them get away with that. But, you know, when the TMO called it back, there is no... You know, and, and not just... It wasn't just the referees that could see it. it was a red card. You know, everyone watching, including all the players, you know, and, and, and the Argentine coach and the Argentine players, they all knew. Um, and, you know, it, it, we said it at half-time, there was no malice in it, but those are the risks that you take. And, and you know, again, as they said in, in post-match commentary, you know, this these changes in the laws are there for the right reasons. We do want to get players tackling lower. And unfortunately, when you make these changes... It does take time to get the message across, and usually that you know, requires these punishments in the form of red cards. Yeah, we don't want to see a red card in every game, and we don't want to see the World Cup decided by a red card. But the message shouldn't be that the referees are giving out too many red cards, which incidentally is the opposite of what people have been complaining about throughout this World Cup. Um, the message should be to the players, don't risk losing the game for your team by getting a red card, tackle lower. But the laws, the laws are blamed for them. Um, it was a red card. I, I don't think anyone is now or ever will argue that decision. Mm. Um, I, I liked that England performance. What, what did you think about Underhill as man of the match? I thought Underhill was brilliant. I thought he worked really yeah, hard. I, I, I you agree, know, he's in a position agree. that's a little bit. You know, we talked, we, we talked, we've talked about it over the years. Um, there are certain positions that go slightly more unnoticed. Um, you know, they're not the flair players, but Underhill worked hard from start to finish in that game. And um, yeah, I thought it was well deserved. You know, whenever he took the ball up in contact, he made ground and and he was aggressive. He was aggressive in defence. He some big hits, safe hits. You know, or at least safe in terms of the laws. Um, you know, but he does it every time, doesn't he? He puts his body on the line, um, and he did it again today. And I thought, yeah, well, thoroughly deserved. I was, I, I, was, go on. I would have gone Elliot Daly. I thought Underhill was brilliant as well. I, when I asked that question, it made it sound like I, was, I thought Underhill wasn't great. I did think he was great. Um, I thought Elliot Daly had an absolute stonking game. I'm, I must admit, the person I thought who was off his game a little bit was maybe Owen Farrell. I, I 100% agree. Not just with the boot, which, which mm. you know, he was obviously questioned about uh, in, in uh, post-match yeah, interviews. And, you know, as we said, 
sometimes you just have a bad day with the boot and it's just not coming together and he he sorted it out just. but i think i was i think i was right at half time to say make sure he stays kicking yeah yeah you were so definitely you know, spot on when you made that that, yeah, okay. that big call um i'm good like yeah i mean i guess fortunately for him england didn't have that many uh opportunities to kick in the second half um you know it was a strong win but it certainly wasn't the uh the the destruction that I had hoped for and predicted um, in that second half. Well, there were three more. There were three more tries yeah, in yeah, the second true, half, weren't um, um, But yeah, I thought in open play, I thought he 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 just seemed to lack something. Um, he often, quite a few on quite a few occasions, he would find the ball, you know, going backwards. But he would find himself with the ball and not seem to know should he run, should he kick, should he look to pass, and then he'd get caught. Um, so yeah, for me that wasn't his best game by any stretch. But you know he is a he is a world class player, and and I have no doubt that he'll um, he'll turn that back on. But I thought George Ford was brilliant again in controlling the game from ten. Um, so I you know when when the changes were made, and I get why, but I, part of me was wondering whether Slade might come on for Farrell as a straight swap. Uh yes, yes. Part of me was wondering that. I enjoyed. It. What did you think about um, what did you think about Curry going to eight? I mean, it worked. I mean, it, it obviously... Yeah, it did work. He played quite well there. Let's not forget that from 15 minutes on, it was eight against seven in the scrum. So, actually, you know, you're, you're, the guy that you put at eight, is, it's, a lot, it's a lot easier when you're under that much less pressure. Of course. Um, so, it's hard to know whether or not you would see Curry as a, 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 you know, a serious replacement option at eight, you know, in a competitive game 15 on 15. Um but under the circumstances, yeah, I th- thought he did a good job at eight. Um, you know, England were pretty dominant by that stage for obvious reasons, and and you know controlled the ball well at the back, and you know there's some nice little pick and goes. And but again, he looked he looked strong. Uh, he had another he had a good game. Again, I thought the the, the back three um, in the pack, uh, you know, it worked again with our with our with the Kamikaze twins. Um, let's bit Billy, little bit of a concern, or, or do we think just a bit of a niggle? Little bit of a concern, and I I want him um I want him rested for the France game. I think you have to, even even though you know we do want to win because you want to keep a winning streak. The worst case scenario is that we lose, but with we were already qualified, and therefore we have the easier run. Um, but you know it, it was interesting that they were saying, you know, he's not been. Brilliant. You know, he's not been the the kind of the world class Billy that we have seen in the past, and I think that's probably fair. Like he, the, you know, I mean, maybe that's because today Argentina just nullified the teams. Of teams are recognizing his threat hugely, and teams are putting in place plans. To, I mean, there were a number of occasions where he would find himself out on the wing, or not quite out on the wing, but you know, an outside centre. And you were thinking, right, now you need to give that ball to Anthony Watson because what he can do with ball in hand on the wing is going to be more advantageous than what Big Billy's going to do on the wing. Um, and he didn't. He held on, went into contact, and the tackles got made, and down he went. And, yeah, I just feel like if you're going to play out wide like that as a, as a big impact player like Billy Vanapola, you need to be, you know, especially as we know he's got good hands, you know, you need to be aware of the the guys outside you and what they're capable of doing um, and use them you know it's not always about the contact you know that the contact is very strong when you're when you're getting over the game line 
you know, in amongst the pack and driving England forwards. But if you're going to find yourself out wide, I think just be a little bit more alert. Yeah, what 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 I liked about like when Billy went off and Lewis Ludlam came on, suddenly Lewis Ludlam, who fairly unknown, I would have thought on the world rugby stage, is his carrying. I thought was pretty good. Yeah, he looked really strong as well. I thought you know, look, England had they had it was a good game. You know, it wasn't. It, it wasn't a razzmatazz, you know, it, it, but but they controlled the game and they did what they needed to do and some. Um, so I think I think people have to look at that and say, look, that is another step up. Yeah. The competition is getting more difficult. And, you know, it's easy for us to now kind of say, well, Argentina, you know, they're a good, strong team and England did well to beat them so well. I mean, Argentina have been poor. They've been going backwards. Um, you know, that's now 10 on the bounce that they've lost against England. Uh you know they've not been a great side, and yeah, they're passionate and they're physical, and they showed that today. It's a World Cup to forget for them for sure. Yeah, but you know, I, I feel like they were always going to lose. Yeah, I, it was, and it, that, and so I think it's actually not fair. It's probably not fair to them to, to say you know they fought hard and and, and you know I, they didn't. They, they didn't. They, they didn't really seem to want it as much as I thought they would. No. Um, so. Yeah, would we have liked to have seen a bit more sparkle from from England? Sure, because as fans, that's what you want to see. But you know, I don't know any any true rugby fan that wouldn't say, "I'll take you know whatever you would describe that game as with that result over sparkle." And who knows what the result might have been? Um, so yeah, I'm very happy. Yeah, mate, I'm I'm really happy with that. So what do you want to see against France? Do you want to see our Gun fifteen, or do you want do you want to actually see a bit of a mix and match? Um, I think we're at a stage now where it's not so much about um, mixing and matching. You know, they've got a strong thirty-one. There's probably a few changes. I would probably be inclined to maybe start Jack Null. Um, yes, yes, but, good but I don't think that's about trying things out. You know, that's that is already tried and tested, so we know what he's capable of. Um, I'd probably say have Joe Cock and Asiga on the bench because it's an option that that offers something a bit different. Um, if you're not if you're not 100 about Jack Noel, maybe start Big Joe and have Noel on the bench, but give him a little bit more game time um, this time around. Um, but again, it's not so much about trying things out. But it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because if you do that, then you're leaving out either May or Watson. Now May had a bit of a a niggle. Who knows? Maybe in a week's time they'll want to just give him a rest. Um, but equally, if um, you know, it's difficult to leave either one of them out. And as you said, you know, Elliot Daly has s- suddenly come back to life again. So you don't really want to start mixing, messing around with him at the back. So yeah, it's, it's hard to know. I, I suspect that they will keep things much the same. I'd, I, yeah, I'd, they may well do. I wouldn't mind seeing, bearing in mind what what's to come. I wouldn't mind seeing. Actually, perhaps a few. Definitely, I'd like to see Billy rested. Uh, I'd like to see Mako start. Um, I'd like to say Jack Noel. I'd like to see start. I don't mind if we put out what is considered maybe a lesser starting fifteen against France. I still think we'll win whatever fifteen we put out. I think we'll win. Maybe, so, maybe the, the key is look. We, we want to put out a gun twenty-three, but not necessarily start with the with the the best fifteen. Um, and have that ability to bring on, you know, depending on how the game goes, have that ability to bring on players that are going to make a, a have a bigger impact. Um, you know, maybe that's a, a way to go because you know that way you're, you know, you're the likes of Billy. You know, he could be on the bench if you want to involve him again. 
Um, it, that may not be an option. We'll, we'll have to wait and see what the outcome is of him coming off at half time today. But you know, if if he's fit and raring to go, it may be that we say, look, let's start someone else. But we've got him there. So if things if it, if it's not working, you can bring him on. Likewise, maybe Owen Farrell um, has a. Mm, Owen Farrell's had a rest. I wouldn't mind seeing Owen Farrell play. I wouldn't. Um, part of me wants to keep that Ford Farrell axis going. Um, I think it's the but, right call. I think George Ford's been playing really well. Uh, I just yeah, want Owen Farrell to just be yeah a bit more switched on next week, um, which he often does. You know, if he has a bad one, he often comes back really strong. So that's that's what I'd like to see. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they do about the kicking duties. Whether whether it sticks, to I think I think I think they'll stick with Farrell, and I think that's a reason he might play to get him out there, get his kicking again. Um, the France game, obviously, we want to win, but it will equally be let, let's not you know let's not hide behind it. It's not the end of the world if we lose that game. So, I mean, at this point, so France are on nine points at the moment. They have got Tonga. Tomorrow, and England. Which if they we, lose, I mean, yeah. Well, so so firstly, if they lose to Tonga, they are on nine points. With, you know, with no bonus points, they would they would come to Eng- face England with nine points to England's fifteen. Yeah. So even a bonus point win for France wouldn't get them ahead of England. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no. 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 It wouldn't. But so it, so it, at that point, I think England have a very you know suddenly it's like well actually. Let's play a second team, potentially, because actually a loss we're still first. Do you, do you know? No, what I mean? no, because because if England beat Tonga tomorrow, they'll go on to thirteen points, and then if they beat us, France, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. So what I'm saying is, tomorrow France play Tonga. If they were to lose and not get yeah. any bonus points from it, oh right, they then, can't then... they can't get ahead of England no matter what happens. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, of course. So of at course. that point, do do, do we? Here's, yeah, so here's a question for you. If that was the case, I don't think it will be. But if that was the case, do England look to rest their big game players? Yeah, completely? absolutely. I, I think regardless, I think regardless, you look to rest um, a few other players waiting. I, I, I think we're good enough to beat France. Whatever. Team. And and so yeah, and if and if France and if France do beat Tonga convincingly and get the five points, uh, putting them on fourteen to England's fifteen. Um, do we go into that game? I mean, you're, you are right. It's, it, you, 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 there are two ways of going at it, isn't there? There's, there's, you want to win every game because winning breeds winning and you know, no team's ever won the World Cup having lost a game in the, in the build-up to it. Um, but the, the other side of the draw is looking considerably, considerably easier. Yeah, I mean... I think England are going to, are going to want to win everything. I think they're going to want to keep that winning streak sure, going. I think there's, sure. there's more value in that. You know, I think once you get into the knockout stages, uh, despite talking about an easier route, you're still playing teams that are capable of beating you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you've got to be at your best regardless. You might as well do it in the hardest way possible and, and get to the end and say, look, you can't be questioned. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, but... Great result today. Great, Great win. England are in the quarterfinals of the World Cup. The first, the first team to qualify at the 2019 Rugby World Cup, England. We called it two and a half years ago and said they were going to win this World Cup. Um, they're the first ones to ensure that they're in the knockout stages. They've got maximum points from their three games. Um, pretty happy so far. I mean, how amazing is it going to be if 
we've been this arrogant <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and for it to all come good. It will do. It when will do. it all comes good, Dan. When it exactly, good. exactly. Brilliant. Well, look, there's going to be some interesting games to, to discuss midweek. Um, up next, Japan-Samoa. I mean, although it's although it should be a comfortable win for Japan, it's going to put them in a really strong position as well, isn't it? Yeah, it'll be good. And and like you say, our midweek, we'll be able to cover all these and go through it. I've, I think Japan will win that one. Um, and I think I think there's going to be some... Uh, well, certainly this mid, this midweek pod's going to be really interesting because well, the well, yeah. shape of the quarterfinals is going to become a lot clearer. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, the France-Tonga game is, is big because Tonga took Argentina pretty close in the grand scheme of things. And arguably, Argentina should have beaten France. So, you know, certainly don't write Tonga off just yet with that one. So that'll be one to watch. Argentina, USA, it's a bit of a dead rubber now. I'm not, I'm not sure I haven't done the maths. I'm not sure whether Argentina, whether there is a situation in which Argentina can qualify or whether they are officially on the plane home yet. Um, but I suspect it's not looking great. Um, the big one next week is Wales against Fiji. Um, although I th- suspect that now... Wales of well, we know they're not guaranteed to qualify, but yeah. So I'm not again. Math's not done. That'll be one to watch. Um, I think Wales probably got that uh, without too much trouble, but um, Fiji caused Australia some problems, and who knows? Um, so that'll be a, yeah another good one to keep an eye out for, um, and that'll take us into next weekend when it all all the final decisions will be made, and some really big ones there. So an exciting weekend and. Uh, certainly the first half of the week ahead I think we'll probably look to record on probably leave it t- till certainly Wednesday afternoon after yeah well, well, Wednesday Thursday I think in we'll those be two games. so yeah Wednesday Thursday next week um, but yeah guys look thanks so much for tuning in I hope you've enjoyed this pod hope you enjoyed the results and uh, you're all pumped for the fact that England are the first team to qualify into the quarterfinals of the 2019 Rugby World Cup we know we are um as we said at the beginning, uh, if you get an opportunity, head over to iTunes, rate us, review us, let us know what you think. If you want to get in touch, um, share some stories, maybe you're out in Japan uh, and you're tuning in, um, let us know how it's all going. Ask us any questions you've got at England Rugby Pod on social media, englandrugbypod at gmail.com if you want to ping us an email. Um, and we will be back midweek to, uh, to let you know what's been going on in the rest of the World Cup. But for now, awesome work from uh, the England boys. Long may it continue. Um, And yeah, go and have a good rest and then get back to training, lads.